Welcome to episode 49 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. <laughs> That's the excitement we like to see from a, an, an unusually dour Ian Sharpley tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian the Sauce Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Little Depressed Boy Cassell. Hello. It is Monday evening, March 31st, 2014. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer. We're going to talk Matt's newfound boner for X-Men Days of Future Past. What's that down there, buddy? Is that your little boner? A little Wood City. Is that your little X-Men boner? I know it's hard to see, but yeah, it is. Uh, we're going to talk the... My little, my little orange Tic Tac. We're going to talk the upcoming Jeff Lemire and Terry and Rachel Dodson Earth One <coughs> Teen Titans trade, and maybe some what you've been reading. But first, housekeeping with everyone's favorite housekeeper. No, not Mr. Belvedere, Ian Sharpley. He was a really good housekeeper. He you, brought moral lessons weekly, which I don't think you do. I, I bring those, like, don't be like this guy kind of lessons. Who would win in a fight, Mr. Belvedere or Mrs. Garrett? Oh, Mrs. Garrett. I think she yeah, would fuck you straight up. Yeah, pretty rough and Yeah. But uh, Edna Garrett, not who, who came in after. Cloris Leachman. Wow. I'm lost. You got me on that one. I'm not remember. sure. The fat yeah. lady. Uh, then, oh wait, are we talking Facts of Life? Yeah, that's where Mrs. Garrett's from. Or Different Strokes. No, the Facts of Life, was that like a, that was just foster care, right? That was a foster home for those girls? I thought so. Yeah, I don't really remember. It was weird that they were all together. Anyway, so, that's, that's housekeeping. Was boarding school boarding first. School? And then it... And then I don't know what the actual story was when it got to the the episodes I watched where they had like the bakery in the back room. Whoa! And Mrs. Garrett assaults someone with a giant loaf of bread. In that's the a deep intro. cut. I don't yeah. remember that at all. I don't really either. Great show. <clears throat> and so. if you want to explore more on the facts of life, go to mixsauce.com where we talk facts of life every single week. <laughs> You can listen to our Facts of Life Life podcast on Wednesdays and that's our fine. that fans like Mr. Belvedere reviews on Mondays <laughs> and Thursdays, strips on Tuesdays and Fridays. Mr. Belvedere is one of those shows that feels like it was on for decades, but it probably only had one season. That's what all shows back in the day felt like. All the cartoons that we watched, He Man, I feel like was on the. Through the whole 80s, but I think it was only on for two Holy seasons shit. or something. Mr. Belvedere ran, ran for six seasons. Whoa. From 85 to 90. That's a sitcom dynasty Holy right shit. there. <clears throat> it's no full house. But How many years Six did, seasons. That's, I chopped that up to being a success. How many years did Danny Tanner? Um, 11? Wow. Uh, fuck, eight? I thought it at least cracked 10. That's solid. Yeah, that is pretty solid. That's housekeeping this week? Uh, Facebook page, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher Radio, great review. Facts of Life, nine seasons. That's Nine, but the last (coughs) ones where it was real 80s shock, bad. That's like Cheers territory right there. How long was Cheers on? You know Uh, what? 11 years? 10 years? I never liked Cheers. 
I tried to go back and watch... 11. 11. I tried to go back and watch Tears recently. It's on Netflix, and I couldn't make it through the first episode. 82 to 93. I could never... I I did the same thing. And I could never get into Fraser. Me neither. Is it Fraser or Fraser? Fraser. Okay, because you said Fraser. Because it's Brendan Fraser, so I kind of stumbled over my words. Brendan Fraser? It's it's Fraser? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. No, it's Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, the sitcom is Fraser. Right. The actor Brendan Fraser is Fraser. Really? Yes. Hmm. It's not Brandon Fraser. Brendan. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. No, that's incorrect. So it's Brandon Fraser. No, this is the first I've ever. It's Brendan Fraser. You know what this is? Intriguing podcasting. (laughs) Why don't we get right to what we're going to talk about? This week, which one of the things that I remember from when Paul introduced us was the <laughs> Ninja Turtles trailer. The old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I feel like this one's been in development for, oh, I don't know, like the last 35 years. It takes a long time for that ooze to really gel on the film and make it into something. A teenager, if you will. Like, what, I mean, really, what, it feels like it's been absolutely the so many years since we heard Michael Bay was going to maybe kind of be attached to it, and we all kind of groaned at that, and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally there's a trailer. Finally there's proof that this movie is being made. Did it feel as... Did it feel that long? Did you feel like you were waiting for it? Because I feel like I was dreading it. I, like, I wasn't waiting for it. Whenever it came out, would be fine with me. Pro- thinking that it was going to be bad or it was going to look like dog shit. That's where I stood. I agree. I think that it... Like, we, we waited and waited for it. But, well, no. It took forever to get here, but we weren't really waiting for it. You know, like it, if you stop and think about how long it's been since you've known that it was going to maybe kind of happen, then it's like, oh, my God. And hasn't it been pushed back? Isn't that what you said, the release date? Pushed <coughs> back to later this year? That's what Mr. Sharpley was saying pre-podcast. That's what I was saying. You guys missed out. But I'll tell you now, uh, it's been, it got pushed back because they were going to do extensive reshoots. Michael Bay, who's the producer, is personally overseeing these, so that's going to take him away from another piece of shit that he is working on, the new Transformers movie. So, so. Michael Bay is not directing Ninja Turtles. No, he's not. He's just Jonathan a producer. Jonathan Weisman is. Yes. Which he just wants to ensure that his vision tentacles, NT, are all over this film. He his, wants to ensure that his tentacles are over all of our childhood yeah, uh, properties. Childhood filleting testicles. Tentacles. tentacles. NT. Both. Mm-hmm. Roughly one-third of the movie. That's a pretty sizable So they're going to reshoot one-third of the movie. Why do you think that that is the case? What do you feel maybe was was off-kilter with it? Could be any number of things. It was probably really great. Michael Bay. You know what? Even though I've turned all the shit upside down already, it's still too close to the source material. Let's fix this. I'm excited for Michael Bay to get the rights to Thundercat so he can just have the Holy Trinity and fuck my entire childhood up like that. 
I heard who that's who's going to direct Star Trek 3 because J.J. Abrams left, so Michael Bay will just finish it up. So a good man for the job. Good. I'm sure Spock will be a Jedi in episode 3. But not as cool. So something something way less cool than that. I'm kind of intrigued with Spock being a Jedi Revenge. in the third movie. Return of the Vulcan. <laughs> so this week, the trailer came out. Finally, after a long time, after not really many production stills we're looking at, um, I, I think there was one sort of poster image that, that was out there, and there were Happy Meal toys that we took a look at the other day, but nothing from the actual film, but they finally did release the trailer, and Matt, as a resident film expert, how did you feel about the trailer? Uh, my initial reaction was I thought it looked pretty good. I am really intrigued by the turtles. I think that the turtles look so not like what I was expecting, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that it's its own thing, that the turtles are six and a half feet tall as opposed to four and a half feet tall. Um... I like, they look like they weigh 350 pounds. They look menacing. But that's kind of cool. It is cool. I like it too. The only thing is, and it, you didn't really get a great sense of how they move. Um, you know, the, you had the one sequence where they're sliding down the snowy hill or whatever, and that was the most you saw them move, but that's all like kind of gravity doing its thing. I want to see how they fight. Like, I mean... The whole idea of a ninja is a like a stealth-like kind of character. With all the armor <clears throat> and shit that they're wearing, it looks like there's no way these guys can be quiet. It looks like you're going to hear like bamboo clacking from a mile away. Yeah, they're more like a ninja your ass. They're more like Teenage Mutant Samurai Turtles than anything else with, with all that shit. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's much ninja about them. And how fucking heavy do they have to be? If Leonardo lands on that that rooftop wall and breaks the cement and bricks, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So well, it, it might have been an older an older building, maybe. You know, maybe. why was April on top of the building? Why does everything have to happen on the rooftops? That's what I want to know. It's a very comic book cliche. It is, but there the is no turtle signal. They can't that- be seen on the ground. Well, they're coming out of the sewers. How do they get to the top of the? To the build of uh, the building, ninja skills come in. Turtles have a pretty extensive history of doing some rooftop action. You think mm. about it. There's a lot of in the CG, the last CG Turtles movie. There was a lot of rooftop fighting. That's true. And, That's true. Uh, I'm familiar with the Actually, Turtles arcade game. There's some rooftop action. The uh, the sequence in the TMNT movie where Leonardo fights Raphael in the rain. I fucking love that. Best part of that movie. Except when they made Raphael beat Leonardo, because bullshit, I think Leonardo would have won. I agree. But for some reason, the people that make these Turtles movies love Raphael. They have a Raphael boner. Raphael! He's always like the renegade rebel. Follow the rules, motherfucker. How about that? (laughs) That's right. Michelangelo is where it's at. Well, he's an idiot. 
That is that is true. He is an idiot. But he's a lovable idiot. Yeah, that's, part that's of what the they charm. should sing. You know, Leonardo, <laughs> Michelangelo, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Man, remember his voice on the original cartoon show and how horrendous it was? Yeah, it was. I, I forgot about it until they threw a clip <laughs> into the current CG show season finale of the old show with the old voices. And it was kind of deep. Yeah. Like, whoa. And compared to the current voice, which is kind of real high-pitched, I was just, like, shocking listening to that. It feels like they went total stoner Michelangelo in the old cartoon, and now it's just kind of, like, silly. He is the the surfer accent. But they were just like, yeah, Mike smokes a lot of fucking weed. Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of liked his voice in the in the new trailer. Um, he had. It's not too far from the current show. No, not really. A little deeper fits the mm-hmm. the build of the the new character better. Um, I I think that we would probably all agree that that was the best sequence of the trailer. That interaction at the end where he says. Oh, no, it's okay. See, it's just a mask. And he takes it off thinking that that's what freaked Boy, out April and yeah. <laughs> Which I found... <clears throat> April a bitch face. Which I found honestly funny. Yeah. Like, that was a real, That was a genuinely funny bit. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully it's not the only one. And I like the little details. As he's taking off his mask, you see like his kind of little bracelet-y kind of thing that a teenager might wear. So it was, it was a nice touch. I like that. They had a really scaly effect on the top of their heads and throughout their face yeah. that I thought was yeah, kind of a nice more, touch. More turtly. Mm-hmm. Because even the, even the current show, they don't. They look like the Ninja Turtles comics and cartoons. They right. don't look like turtles that are not people. Right. Whereas right. I guess um, you know the Michael Bay ones have a lot more of that feel to them. They're kind of uh, creepy looking. They, they are kind of creepy, but I'm perfectly fine with this new look for them uh you know you have the cartoon that kind of gives you more the classic traditional style and the comic books kind of fill that that need but why not change it up why not try to make it look a little more realistic looking at a picture from the old early 90s turtles uh live action movie they really went for just cartoony as live as, as as real life giant puppets, but you know, straight taken straight out of that cartoon, and this is a big departure on the new turtle. So, um, Paul, I don't think. Did, which way were you leaning with the trailer after you saw it? Well, taking into consideration my history with Michael Bay, I really, I really don't want to like it, and I really want to keep. I keep fighting with myself because I think I did like it, and I don't want to like it. There's shit I didn't like. Like uh, why do you not want to like it? Because I hate Michael Bay, and I want to loathe everything he does except Bad Boys uh, and Bad Boys Two. That seems like a rational way of handling this. Um, <clears throat> I, I I don't like the the Shredder business. I don't think I like that the Ninja Turtles are genetically created. Um. It, is that talk, such a far departure from turtles getting ooze spilled on them? I mean, it's still TGRI. Yeah, At least they had that little um, Easter egg in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't change those letters just at random because that's yeah, the it could have been any. They, they would say uh, 
John Blake. Yeah, I was I was watching I was watching you know watching the trailer and you know it's TCRI, right? Is it TCRI? I thought it was TG, but I it's TCRI in the current show, but TGRI sounds right as well. Um, Yeah, we've talked before about how when everything connects a little bit too nicely, TGRI. Fridays. Yeah. Um, That's where I go We've talked about, like, you know, Spider-Man and how his his parents get killed because of some secret government cover-up and not just at random. Oh, we don't really like that. I don't like that. And I feel like the Turtles don't need to be connected to Shredder other than the Splinter connection. And they handle it so well in the current show that it's okay if you know, they just at random get some booze dumped on them. I actually don't the like the way that they handled it on the show. No? Because they they kind of don't really explain it. It doesn't make sense the way that it's done in the show. So you have... Uh, oh, I forget what Splinter's original name was. Orokusaki. No, that was Shredder's name. Why can't I remember... Hamato Yoshi. Yeah, that's it. In the in the show, uh, he was a regular man, and he touched the ooze, and he transformed into a rat somehow. Makes no sense, because the turtles are little baby turtles, and they walk into the ooze, and then they just get bigger. There weren't any teenagers around exactly. for them to like, transmorph into right. anything. So wh- why couldn't Splinter there be... there were rats in the sewer with him. So? So that's how all the other mutants get transformed. In the show, like they become what's near them. Who is near plants when it happens? You know, Bradshaw gets merged with a dog. Why didn't the turtles turn into anything? Bradford, not Bradshaw, because the mutation works differently, and that's one of the nice loopholes of the ooze is that anything can happen. It is whatever you want. It is indeed the ooze secret. More like a poop hole. Okay. Oh, how bullshit! Crass of you. I don't like that. I like the orig- the real origin, which is he was the pet rat of his master, whatever his name. Orokusaki. No. Hamato Yoshi. Hamato Yoshi. Quit calling Shredder. So Splinter was... Is that because they all so look wait, the same because so they're Japanese? Is the that original, why? In the original origin, Splinter is the pet of the guy that becomes Splinter in the new... Think yeah. think of the origin in the Turtles movie because that that's the real that origin. One. That's the real origin where he was the pet. Um, Roku Saki came and killed Hamato Yoshi. Uh, he killed his the, killed his wife or his girlfriend. His wife to, yeah, broke the cage. Splinter jumps on his face, scratches his face. He smacks him off. Then I don't know where the ooze comes in at that point. That's where yeah, I forget. The then, then Splinter basically escapes and he lives on his own because his master was killed. Right. And he's basically living in the sewers and he finds these turtles that happen to be crawling through the ooze and he collects them and because he was a very smart rat. So you prefer and, that? Well, he knew, he knew karate. Of course Matt prefers that version, by the way. But <laughs> do you prefer that I, version? Um, I don't care. He does, but now that he just insulted me, he can't I know, say it that. Would he would undercut my insult. <laughs> I can't go back on it. 
It is wacky. I think I I think I uh, like the rat because it may it does make more sense because I, I don't know the human transforming into the rat. Well, where did the turtles get those properties to transform into humans as well without another human? Because counterbalance transform with they transform with Hamato Yoshi. Yeah, but it seemed like a melting. Hamato Yoshi and rats were all in the sewer. But why didn't the turtles then turn into people? But but the rat melded with Hamato Yoshi, whereas where did the turtles get those traits from? There wasn't anybody else to balance that out. You know what I mean? So where did they become people in that original? Because in the original version. Well, because they don't kind of link it to have meeting a person there. They just grew up, and that's how the ooze... I don't think it is linked in the new show. I think it just, whatever happens, happens. Because, um... That's really not a very good explanation. It seems like the well, same... there is no explanation. It seems like the... The it, ooze just, it works on different people in different ways. It's like having an X gene. It, Why do some people get flight and well, some people get... Well, no, 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 no. In the man-rat-turtle scenario, it seems like the same substance affected three things differently. Right. Okay, well, I'm just saying that... Let's I, say I, you I, have a peanut butter al- allergy. We could eat the same thing, but that's going to affect but, one of us. But the peanut butter allergy isn't... Like, the peanut butter isn't the cause of what's happening to me. Something in me is the cause of that. The ooze is what's making these things change, well, but it affected the the man and the rat differently than just the individual turtles. Then maybe that's how the ooze affects turtles, because Spike also just becomes a person without any outside source. So it could, it's, it could be. So Spike becomes your test group then, whereas you know now it's based on all right. Well, turtles are affected by the ooze this way, so that's your science for the show. That sounds entirely too complex. Uh, why? I just like that that ooze can turn things into human hybrids. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Either way, I, I like the, the goofy turtle-rat origin better. See, I, I like the show better because like, there's no real reason for... The rat, once he becomes Splinter, to have a grudge with Shredder. Why not? He's a rat. Oh, you killed my master. It's, it's, oh, you, you killed my my father, basically. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, what that, it makes more sense in that con. Like, that's what you want. You want that. You want the driving force. You want the reason for those two. Because that's because that's much more dramatic than Hamato Yoshi becoming Splinter and going after Shredder for killing his wife and maybe daughter. That's equally. That's equally. Good. Is that how it is in the new cartoon? Yeah. Okay, well, those are both equally the same. You made it sound like there's no reason for... There's no reason for the rat, even though the rat... there It was kind of like his father. Well, so he does have a reason. In the, in not the no old reason. one, like, it's, it's, it's not even Splinter going after Shredder. Shredder has a grudge against the rat. Doesn't that seem a little more crazy than, no, I'm going after... My old best friend. Didn't, it, didn't it go both ways, though? Splinter didn't, never attacked. He never but didn't Splinter, went out to fight but he, but he went. he spent the Turtles years training the Turtles to fight this war against the Shredder because he knew he was out there. To defend, not to attack and kill. But, but he knew it was going... Shredder's like, fuck this rat. He scratched my face. 
I'm gonna get him. Shredder's just an irrational <laughs> son of a bitch. Doesn't that make him more evil? Guess it makes him scarier on a certain level, like the Joker, but I don't know. I, I think there's a there's a lot more weight to the way the current show did it, and there's a lot more there's a lot more emotional stakes for the characters. Well, either despite the the weirdo science that yeah. turns right. people. I think there there it's it honestly is nitpicking. I think there's equal amounts of drama and emotional weight in both little tiny variations. Yeah, of the I story. I just kind of prefer Yovu's whatever you are if you walk through it you grow up into the mutant version of what you are. It just it's it's easier to kind of digest and understand. There's no reason to to complicate it and change it. it it's it's not something that needed tweaked. I you know, we're, we're talking about it for 20 minutes here and I don't understand why they would change it. It just doesn't doesn't add up. But anyway, in the movie the origin appears to be nothing even close to what we're talking about here. I mean, we don't... They the turtles don't, are purposefully genetically created. Correct. And I like the accidental nature of these things just coming to be. I wonder what purpose Ninja Turtles would serve other than to sell a whole shitload of toys and hoodies and pizza. Like, what? How is Splinter going to figure into this as well? Are they genetically purposefully creating Splinter? Was he the the test rat? You have to, yeah, yeah. You have to have if you're going to have turtles, you need to have a rat karate teacher in order to help them out and guide them through. The they sewers. better they better explain. I want to see the thought process of Shredder and missing. Is he going to be Oroku Saki? Can a white guy be named Oroku Saki? And how do we feel about that? I hope so. I hope they just go with it. I think his name is Mike Jones. <laughs> so can can Shredder and Mr. O'Neill, like, I want to see those two sitting down, like, all right, we're going to mutate some animals. What's going to be our best bet for ninjas, turtles? Let's do it. What's, what's the most stealthy animal in the animal kingdom? I want to see the turtle process roll around till they get till they get the turtles. They're going to have to... It's gonna have to be explained. Like, it's gotta be something <coughs> real safe and cute. <laughs> um, but in spite of this kind of sucky looking origin, it looks it looks like this movie has the potential to be pretty good. Yeah, but then there's you know uh, William Fitchner's heavy hand handed dialogue in the trailer. Megan Fox is never good in anything she does. See, her being April O'Neil does not bother me. It I'm, doesn't bother me I'm, as much as it bothers other people. Yeah, and I think what I'm I'm really able to let this be its very own take on things and, and using it as a bit of like a temp, like a an outline for it, and then doing its own thing visually, story wise, stylistically. See. My problem with Megan Fox is that, is that she's she's the audience entrance character for this movie. We're going through all of this with her. She needs to be magnetic and likable, and I don't think she's capable of that. Why? Because she's not a good actress, and she looks like a mean bitch all the time. Yeah, she's not a good actress, and, and this point got raised this week by our good <coughs> friend Duffy. He said that, She's never believable in anything that he's ever seen her in. 
And, you know, this isn't fucking Hamlet. She's in monster movies. She has to be damsel in distress, basically. Like, we're going to meet the turtles, and then that's who we're going to ride along with. That's who we're going to identify with. So it'd be like Michelangelo is going to be the character that people are following. Um, I don't think that the role that she's going to play is really going to be all that critical. I could be wrong. See, I disagree with that. I think she's going to be critical because she's the daughter of one of the two people that created the Turtles. Don't get me and wrong, she's going to have a lot of screen time. Shredder's explaining the plan to her in his white American dojo. Uh, I, I, think I think it's Cobra gonna, Kai, actually, isn't it? I think it? she's going to be a bigger part of this than you think. I think that it, the failure or success of this movie does not hinge on Megan Fox. No, it, it doesn't, but I, I don't think she's going to help it along. You don't think that she's a draw at all? You think people will not come to see Megan Fox, or do you think they will there avoid it because of her? out there that are are in, she's hot, I'll go see stuff with Megan Fox in it, nah, I don't care. No, I don't think she's going to be a draw. I think she has been out of the spotlight for so long, which I only think is going to help her, because she hasn't done anything in forever. She hasn't even been in the media. She hasn't even, you know, been out on red carpets or getting into trouble or doing any doing any extracurricular bullshit. She's been gone forever. Yeah. So if she comes in and hooks this up, it can only help her because you know, she's kind of a nobody right now. She's almost getting a fresh start. Yeah, I, I still think that people they're gonna identify with her <laughs> and you add on the fact that it's one of the most well known properties. I think people are gonna go see this movie. And I think that this trailer did a lot of good. It it put it out there on the table and said, "This is what the Ninja Turtles now look like," and uh, and I think a lot of people re- responded positively to it. I think it's 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 jarring to me because I'm so deep in the current cartoon. How deep? Balls deep. Where April is a teenager and she has a much different relationship with the turtles, and now all of a sudden. Like, I guess even though they're six and a half feet tall, they're still teenagers. And April's a fully grown adult. Like, I'm used to the... It's going to take me a little bit to wrap my head around this new dynamic, I think. I can tell you this. The April O'Neil that's on the show is way more likable than anything Megan Fox can possibly do. So that... The show already has an advantage. Yeah, but and I'm not I'm not going in, you know, rating one against the other. Like I, I feel like this season on The Walking Dead, I've finally made my peace for the show and the book being two separate properties. Because this season never, is completely never the, different. Never betwixt shall meet. So yeah, it's it's really different and it's really good. So like I, I feel like I've finally made my peace. This is the show's its own thing. The comic is its own thing. It took you four seasons to figure it out. Yeah, because it it hasn't been that great. It's been kind of up and down. It's had its problems. But no, what I'm saying is to to realize that they're two completely different things. Like they after I think the first episode, they just went like completely yeah, into this different season directions. makes no kinds <laughs> of no kind of illusion about this being. Something brand new and completely different than anything. Like yeah, there's awesome. like there's like, nothing. Early the same. early in the first season, they killed Dale, and that's that's the point where you look at it and you're like, all right, now it's. It, I mean, it's it's they're two different stories. Yeah, but the but death. I still wanted the show 
to reflect the comic. Now I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with them being on two separate paths and doing their own thing. Yeah. And I don't think I'm going to have a problem with Turtles once it comes out either. Cool. I hope not. Turtles is also a little bit different because there have been so many incarnations of Ninja Turtles. Yeah. How many TV shows have we had? We've had three or four different feature films. There's been, you know, you add the comic books in there. And they tend to tell the same story a little bit. like Similar. Similar, yeah. but they, they go off and even like the Archie comic books go off in this like, right. crazy other right. direction. But how many versions of the Shredder story have we seen? You know, we saw it in the original cartoon, we saw it in the new one, saw it in the live action movie, it looks like we're going to get it again here. That's one character that's pretty consistent. The turtle's origin is pretty much the same all the time. They themselves, their origin. And the Shredder stays pretty pretty similar too. Yep. So. The classic origins. Yeah. I'll be excited to see what they do with the neutrinos in this movie. In Dimension X, so now that'll the, be something for the second trailer, I'm sure. I can't wait to see the uh, plastic surgery William Fitcher gets done in the beginning of the movie to make him white, so that they explain why he's white American and not Japanese. It's very weird. It Why? It, it's got to make sense in the movie. I hope it makes sense. Know. Well, it, in it today's makes- Hollywood... Race doesn't matter. Even if it's been established over decades worth of comic books, shows, other films, it just doesn't matter. In this is sort of the, Hollywood. the reverse racism, if you will, from all the other casting decisions of this earlier this year. Um, and like many of them, unlike many of them, this one makes absolutely no sense because you're taking that diversity angle that they're trying to push with other casting moves away. Well, you know, it probably makes a little more sense than the whatever they're trying to prove in Fantastic Four, uh, simply because in Fantastic Four they're changing the race of a character whose sibling is on the team who they did not change the race for. Uh, that is baffling. It would have made more sense if you made Mr. Fantastic black. It makes sense. Yeah, you're right. It, it just makes sense from a modern movie demographic filmmaking set, you know, like aspect, um, this move with the shredder, it doesn't make sense in the story. You're not bringing in any we different don't know people. Yet. It may make sense in the story. It may. Uh, who knows? It doesn't maybe, make sense. Maybe the fantastic in the trailer. forecasting, that might make sense maybe. too. We might be like, no wonder he was black. He should always. Maybe. I'm not even going to watch the trailer, so I won't know. Maybe you're Roku such Saki a liar. Is who trains William Fitcher. And then dies, and William Fitcher takes over the role of the Shredder. Or it could be like a. How Bat- disappointing is that? That's an awful. Thing. Or it could be yeah. like a Batman Begins kind of thing where Rajah Ghul was oh. cast as. Yeah, you know. I'll, what I'm tell you, I'll tell you what I am happy about is that Baxter Stockman is black, which isn't that different than the original origins of the character. Yeah. Why do we prefer some characters to have their race changed and others, we, we take a firm stance against that? I have no idea, but Baxter Stockman, like, something about the new show, like, when they made Baxter Stockman black, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. When John Jones turns into a white guy, I'm like, fuck that. I feel like when John Jones turns into a human, 
He should be a black guy. John Jones of Justice League, Martian Manhunter, for those playing at home. Because yeah. it took me a while because I was like, John Jones, a UFC fighter? He is black. I was thinking of the like, Turtles for a second. I'm like, who the fuck is John he? Jones? We've, we've had this conversation before. Yes, we have. Destro, it took me a while. Destro, I feel like he should be black. But he's black Irish, though, too, right? That's what we think. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah, they're, they're characters that just they just seem very naturally black to me. That was weird. So, do we want to do polynomics? Yeah, you, we, I think that's kind of what we do here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast anymore. <laughs> if there's a fucking trailer, we put numbers to it. That's what we do. Yeah, why are we fooling ourselves? Why are we the McSauce Comic Book Podcast? Aren't we the trailer coming soon? <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Still gonna pop. I hear it. What am I supposed to do? Go in the bathroom. That's okay, I just did do it here. under the table. So who wants who wants to start off? Do you think next week there will be no film news, so we will have nothing to talk about? And it'll just be <laughs> the McSauce. Drink them you got them. <laughs> the, the McSauce can opening podcast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start Polynomics. And uh, for expectation, I'm going to go seven. Ooh, that's Ooh, a pretty that's healthy really score. High. Yeah. And, Even though you're doing this out of order, yeah. go ahead and give us. Uh, it, no, it's expectation excitement. Uh, it's excitement, expectation. I, I have no... Uh, I don't think it matters which one we do. Yeah, I usually say what I'm... Um, I, I don't remember if we always put it in the same order, is what I'm saying. Someone tweet us, let us know. Um, yeah, fans of the show. My expectation is a seven. Mm-hmm. My excitement, four. Hmm. I think it's I think it's still got some room to really fuck up. Ian. Directly after I watched the trailer I had a conversation and at that point Who was your conversation with? Uh my friends on Facebook on our message board. And I had at that time and I was into it, but I think I kinda rated it a little low. Um at that point I don't think you're capable of that. I gave it an excitement of four and expectation of two. Holy shit. I'd say that we'll give it the full two-point swing. Expectation four. Wait, wait, wait. You're giving it a two-point swing after you saw the trailer and you rated it. After I saw the trailer, rated it, thought about it. So this is the two-point thinking swing. The gestation period of how I feel about it and... How much it makes sense. Okay, so... Excitement 4, or actually, Excitement 6, Expectation 4. Hmm. Huh. <clears throat> nah. I would give it an Excitement of 7. My expectations... Yeah, I think it looks cool. I'm, I'm again, I'm interested... Seven in heaven. <laughs> in the, uh, the spectacle. Let's face it, we have not seen a... Uh, live action Turtles movie ever outside of the the Muppets and, and I say that like seriously the Jim Henson Studios created those original 
yeah. turtles from those so movies. So are we not saying that that was a live-action movie? No, I, absolutely it was. As a matter of fact, that first movie holds up incredibly well. I just saw it last year, and uh, I was incredibly pleased with how well I felt that it held up. But, uh, you know, it, it there are some some cracks in the uh, in the wall. In you the know, shell. In the shell. <laughs> Good one. Some cracks in the shell. You can see that movie has certainly aged, uh, even though it holds up. The effects the, of the turtles, yeah, it's a little rough. You know, they're, they're clearly rubber suits. And, uh, you know, certainly they were... They were impressive at the time, but maybe not quite as much now. Today's CGI turtles, on the other hand, look basically seamless, and that's pretty cool. So getting to see the turtles as if they really truly exist in, in life is, is kind of an exciting thing. So that's why I'm giving it a 7. I'm just kind of excited to see more of it. I mean, we didn't even see much of the turtles in the trailer, so I'm almost just as excited for the next trailer because I know we're going to get to see more of them. Uh, expectations, well, you know, Michael Bay is attached to it. Clearly the origin is not anything like we expect it to be, so I think it's safe to assume that other liberties will be taken. Uh, I would say my expectations are about a five. Seven and a five. Seems reasonable. <clears throat> I think maybe some of the uh, some of the excitement that I have for it is the fact that the rumors that the turtles were going to be space aliens or what Michael Bay could have done, but still seems to have uh, kind of stuck to the source material a little bit in, in for for him. This is like a slavish reinterpretation yeah. of the comic books. Better than we thought it was going to be because, yeah, there were those rumors flying around that these were going to be aliens. They weren't even going to be turtles. And that would have been completely unacceptable. However, there's still time to change it with one-third of the movie being reshot. <laughs> not enough Not enough to really, really gauge this thing on yet. It very much is a teaser in the truest sense. You know, you barely see the turtles in it. Um, and, th- you know, that's probably what the, the core of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are. Kind of the, the four of them as brothers and their interactions with one another. I think that's why people like it. You know, the action's fun and, you know, the sci-fi stuff is fun. But I really think what what draws people to it are the characters. Because all four of them have... Four very distinct, unique personalities that, you know, have really kind of withstood the test of time because they are exactly the way that they were when they were first introduced. You know, to this day, that has stayed intact. And I'm willing to bet that even in this Michael Bay version, that that will still be, you know, seem like that's what we got, however, briefly. In this teaser trailer, I think the best thing that this teaser did was not turn people off from it. I haven't read or heard much negative. Um, I mean, more more overwhelmingly, it's been yeah, that looked pretty good. I'm kind of excited for it. That's the general feeling that mm-hmm. I have. And why is Shredder white? I heard that a lot. <laughs> I, said, I can't explain these things. So speaking of excitement for trailers. 
So, Matt, it seems like you may have had the two-point swing after your latest Days of Future Past viewing. Would that be correct? Well, I only watched it one time, uh, Saturday night, and I texted you guys literally right after I watched it. Right after you came. Well, yeah. All over my iPad. Oh, poor Mm -hmm. iPad. Yeah. So... That was a hell of a trailer. The first one was really good. This one was even better. Uh, my excitement for... You know, I'll just get right into Apollonomics. My excitement for the new X-Men... I'm going eight. Oh, boy. I'm going eight in excitement, and I'm, get, I'm going eight in expectations. Crazy. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why I'm willing to give it an eight in spite of what I consider to be essentially mediocre X-Men. Fall, I almost threw up, by the way, just now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay over there? Because if you were throwing yeah, up, it would have hit me. I'm yeah, well, sure. I don't... Well, my pizza just almost wanted to come right out as I was going to say this, but the X-Men, ever since X-Men 2... X-Men United, X2, X-Men United, one of the worst fucking titles this side of Batman Forever, or Batman Begins. What is it about superhero movies? They have terrible titles. You don't like Batman Begins? No, it sounds, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like the kind of the, the working title, the code name while they're filming it, but you know, once it's done, we'll give it a real title, and they're like, you know, let's just stick with Batman Begins. Nobody will notice. Fuck you. It's a terrible title. He's never had a problem with Batman, Batman begins. begins? Well, he was Batman and he was beginning. Oh my god, is it just so lame sounding? Like, What, what would you prefer that be called? Well, if that's what... You, if, hey, if you have to describe it as being the original, just call Batman Year One. Throw the fanboys a fucking bone. Well, we know that's not an option. Not with Christopher, I do things my way more. <clears throat> Batman Year One... Oh, I don't know. Batman. Don't want to that one's already been taken. The original. Like they've never named a movie the same thing after it's been out for 25 years? I think Nolan had to put his stamp on it as well as... Because I'm pretty sure away. they made like two Robocops. They made two Total Recalls. Why the hell can't you make two Batmans? If they would have named it Batman Year One, people would have wanted to see Batman Year One. Blow for blow, I think. Maybe. So that's why I think okay. they avoided that. Batman. Batman, so you, they would have wanted a Prince soundtrack again. And So what did you like about X2, X-Men United? No, I did. That title. Oh, the title. Yeah. Uh, well, X2. What is X2? Why can't it be X-Men 2, X-Men United? Why do you have to change it? Why, like, is, is the letter X just that cool? You know, because it's a yes, two it's lines crossing that looks kind of like a cross in skull bones. Was the except first one, just X Men. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is wrong with X Men Two? X Two? What? I mean, what is that? I didn't have a problem with X Two, but when they added the X Men United, that's whenever I thought it got real bulky and strange. That they felt the need to tell us that it was X Men Two at that point. I think you everybody kind of knew. Yeah, it 
I don't mind a, a subtitle. Um, although X-Men 2, X-Men United would have been kind of terrible. But maybe Mutants United or something. I think that the best choice would have been X-Men 2. But it doesn't bother me that it was X2 or X2, X-Men United. Neither of those took away from the fact that it was, to this point, the best X-Men movie we've seen. True. I just... I mean, yeah, the title really doesn't affect the the final product, but it is nice to have a not-stupid-sounding title. Unfortunately, X2, X-Men United is stupid-sounding, just like Batman Forever is. Right? Batman Forever? Forever. Even even as, like, a 15-year-old boy, when I heard Batman Forever, I probably laughed. I was like, (laughs) no, seriously, what's the new Batman called? No, really. That was my reaction to The Phantom Menace, by the way. When I first heard the title for The Phantom Menace, I was in a chat room on uh, comic book resources when when that was a much younger um, website. Back on my 28.5K modem, I was sitting there typing at home. And uh, somebody came... any form of that thing, son. Oh, my God. Like, it, it would, like... You would see, like, the girl's face. Because it was only pictures back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get the, like, the line. Like, oh, my God, her face. Oh, her neck. And then you see the top of her boobs. And then the whole... Boob. Boob. And then it would, like, stop. You're like, oh, my God. And then you'd have to hit refresh. Anyway, so sitting there that night and somebody comes to the chat room. Did you guys hear the, the title of the new Star Wars? And we're all like, oh my god, what, what is it called? What is it called? He goes, Phantom Menace. I was like, no, really, what's it called? And you weren't like that badass. It made no sense. I, th- I thought we were going to get like, you know, like... I, I think that the, the rumor at the time was it was going to be called Balance of the Force. And the Phantom Menace was not anything like Balance of the Force. It was just a bizarre title and... Frankly, it still is. It's it's a very, like, it makes sense if you get the story at this point, but, like, going in and even watching that movie and understanding that Darth Sidious is is the Phantom Menace and how the strings that he pulls throughout and how he's really the senator and his kind of, like, rise to power and how he basically gets there and how he manipulates everything. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, but... So, what you really just said was the title was right on the nose. As far as what? As far as I told you exactly what the movie was. It was The Phantom Menace. Yeah, but I don't feel like to your casual first-time viewer, you really even absorb that what it is. I mean, like, I probably didn't even understand the the grand scheme of things watching that movie, and I probably saw the movie like... Am I in a minority for understanding it immediately? Because I've seen... Uh, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi, and you know it's the Emperor, and you, you know Palpatine's bad in Phantom Menace, so you immediately know he's the Phantom Menace? Yeah, you do, but you don't realize exactly his his angle, I would say. You like, don't need to. You just need to know he's the invisible bad guy. Am I? Which that title tells you. Like, to me, Phantom almost means, like, not really there. <laughs> Like, right, because he he isn't. He's behind the scenes, but he's real. He's there. He's just unseen. But phantom to me means like it doesn't really exist. It's a phantom. It's not 
not actually in existence. It's not there. So when you saw Phantom Menace the first time, you were like, that title makes no sense. Well, no, I, st- I, I just thought that it, the whatever the main conflict <clears throat> of the movie was, it wasn't really that wasn't really going to be the centralized theme, which is what it is. The the trade embargo and all that horseshit that actually takes place is not really that's not really the menace. The menace is something else. Right. Right. The phantom menace because you don't really know what the menace is because to me phantom menace is referring to like the trade federation because they're not really the menace hmm i never really considered it we talked about this title for so long right now we killed all of our listeners (laughs) i don't think so no (laughs) i don't think so okay but that's i always thought the phantom menace was talking about the Trade Federation. I never thought of it in that way, but that kind of makes sense, Mm -hmm. I think. But, Paul, to your point, I don't know necessarily if going into The Phantom Menace, if you're, like, a a fairly casual Star Wars fan, you understand that Palpatine is the Emperor. Uh, Or if you show it to a kid for the first time, he does not understand that Palpatine is going to eventually be the evil ruler of the galaxy. So, like, you don't realize the strings that are being pulled in that movie unless you're able to figure out that the guy in the hologram is the senator, which maybe 50-50. A more dead title would be Star Wars Episode I, Puppet Master. That would be better. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's... I, it's an okay title. I would have preferred something a little bit more... A little more schlocky, like Attack of the Clones. That no. was the one that I had a problem with. Yeah, me too. Because I think we were at Dorrance at the same time. We were like, what the fuck is this? Attack- it should have been The Clone Wars, I think, is what everybody wanted. Yeah. And they wanted that movie to be The, the Clone fucking Wars. Clone Wars. And Episode 3 had the perfect title, which we all wanted... Um, but episode one, I feel like a, a good kickoff to the Star Wars saga in general would have been something a little more like all encompass sounding like Balance of the Force. Then, while I, while I think the Phantom Menace was spot on for multiple reasons, apparently it is very soft. It's not, you know, the Empire strikes, strikes back, back, pow, right in your fucking the kisser. Even Attack of the Clones, that is like. <laughs> It's boom, it's in your face. It's exciting title. Dumb, but exciting title. Phantom Menace is like, huh? Exactly. It's just very kind of. Oh, totally. Honestly, A New Hope kind of has the same effect. We're like, yeah. Hi, yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm optimistic too. <laughs> but, but you know, here's the thing though. I feel like A New Hope, given the. Uh, and I'm sorry that we're turning this into the Star Wars. How podcast. did we start talking about Star Wars? <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> With Matt Cassell. <laughs> we'll come back to the X-Men. But in given the context of now having the prequels, A New Hope is a very strong title, whereas when that movie first came out, A New Hope kind of didn't make a ton of sense exactly. Because it wasn't. It was just Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, but the year that they re-released it, 
like before Empire, they did give it the Roman when numeral in the subtitle. they rebrand that? Was it... About a year in, I think. Yeah, that yeah. it was A New Hope. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything like all three movies had come out and then they started numbering them or something. Yeah. It was well before Empire came out. I think I referred to that movie as Star Wars up until the late 80s, early 90s. Like, I don't think I've attached... Up until the prequels came out. Yeah, up until the prequels. No, no, no. Um, up until the, uh, they re-released them in theaters, which would be, I guess that would be mid-90s at that point. 97. 97, yeah, that's, and it was all, it was Star Wars up until that point, is that what we're saying? Or they I, put I think, A New Hope after Empire Strikes Back came out? I still try not to refer to it as A New Hope, and yeah. I have a hard time calling it yeah. A New Hope, because it's... It was star just Star Wars yeah. for so long. It feels so revisionist, even like 20 years after the fact or however long. Because it didn't have a title for me until the prequels came out. Really. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. They added A New Hope to it probably in 78. 78, yeah. Because A New Hope never had the title treatment of... It never had the graphic logo that Empire Strikes Back did. Exactly, it was just Jedi. Star Wars. It was just Star Wars. Right. So as a kid... Up literally up until the prequels, you had Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. That you know, was the prequels the had the same branding for each each movie. Right, right. It became the Star Wars saga. But anyway, talking about X Men. The X Men trailer looks really good. <laughs> it does look really good. A lot um, around that. It it has a good title. Uh, it has Sentinels and a lot of them. Even I'm, though they're little, I'm disappointed. They're little sentinels. Well, there's apparently different sentinels. Oh, because there's that thing that its face opens up like Legos and it shoots fire. Oh, I don't even know if I remember that part. Like, there's no giant purple robot, and that's kind. Of, that's really fucking disappointing to me. And I'm not even an X Men guy, but the sentinel design is such an iconic part of the X Men franchise. That's what I want. I don't want to see. The, you know, modern redesign that's purple and white. Yeah, you kept purple. Thanks, Brian Singer. But, like, I want to see that big <coughs> fucking head with the red eyes and the, like, crown piece. I want to see Sentinels, not whatever you're giving us in Days of Future Past. And that kind of, just that that uniform face with that uniform, those dead eyes and that, like, open, like, mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah. that that kind of... Classic Sentinel thing. I'm a little disappointed by that too. It not it doesn't ruin the movie, the trailer, anything. But you kind of wish you had that mo- moment where like a roof gets ripped off and you see that classic iconic face coming through at you. In this one, it looks like we're getting a handful of different type Sentinels because you'll get the. It looks like you know the the ones that we saw mostly in the still shots are the '70s Sentinels. They're the first creation of Boulevard Trask. And by the time you get to the dystopian future, you get the thing that looks like it's all moving Legos. That its head is just one giant ball of fire. I thought there wasn't there a sequence when you look up at the night sky and you just the, there's like a million of them flying overhead kind of silhouetted against maybe the moonlight or something, and that looked really cool. Um, It seems like... I I couldn't be sure, but I almost got the sense that maybe Wolverine is not a major player. Um, 
seems like this is the uh, maybe the Professor X Magneto story. They're they're kind of carrying on what they started in first class a little bit, but they're also letting they're giving a lot of time to Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen as well. From my perspective, I don't I don't know the story Days of Future Past. I didn't read it. Um, well, it's not in a very long. Mm-hmm. It itself gets, is not very long. He gets killed pretty quick. But why, why would you? Why are you spoiling it? Why would thirty-five years old? Yeah. But it's I just said I didn't read it. I'm gonna see the movie in a in a month, and you just, like oh, come right. at me with You're a major spoiler. spoiler. They're not gonna kill you, Jacker. Though I did hear rumor that that Storm may be the the one that gets killed early on. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. And next topic. You're upset that he dies in the book. I'm upset that I know that because it's thirty years old. How do you not know that? I I don't. I just didn't know that. I said it's I'd one read of it. The most iconic panels in comic book history. I'm I don't. Sure you've seen it before. I don't know the story. I indicated that a second ago, and then you come at me with like probably a real big shocker moment. It is a fairly iconic panel. The Sentinel, Wolverine jumping. Oh. Phoenix dies in X-Men as well. <laughs> you know that that happens. The, the you know, day, like, Spoil the whole thing. The Let's day go. Stop past. it. Just tell, go through the whole Stop. thing. Tell us the beginning, middle, and end. Stop being a victim. The days of future past know. comic. Is well, why does it matter? It's been out for 35 because years. Because this is, like, they're... This movie is going to be nothing like the, that two-issue story you, from the 80s. It so you think that they'll, the name and the main plot line, but I think it's clear that they're pulling in a lot of the 90s stuff with Bishop and that whole story arc. Do you think that they're going to omit the, this supposedly incredibly iconic moment with the Sentinel and Wolverine? Or do you think that they'll actually keep that part in? They're not going to kill him. Of course they're going to kill him. They're not going to kill Hugh Jackman. Of course they're going to kill... He Okay, he dies in a comic book 35 years ago. Clearly he's still in the fucking X-Men, so they'll just bring him back in the next movie. Of course they're going to kill him. You want to put they're some gonna, money on I don't it? I even think they're going to they're gonna play around with it. I didn't even just read the, the fucking thing, and I bet you that they kill him. I'll bet you a, a buck. No, but I wouldn't be... You're not aware of this with. one? This this panel this this cover where it says this issue everybody dies <laughs> and fucking Wolverine's getting death. You're not aware of that. Actually, it doesn't look all that familiar. Knock it off. Knock it off. I swear to God, you're being silly. I'm. I, I swear to God, that does not look that familiar to me. Can't dispute that. You know what I'm going to get you for Christmas this next year. Comic books for you to read. Uh, <laughs> so, Days of Future Past is your new front runner for even though you're shat on it. Well, I was at about an eight for excitement, but now that I know the entire fucking story, I'm gonna be about a two for excitement. <laughs> Just because I've read Days of Future Past, that it has nothing to do with you reading it. My excitement for this movie. Perhaps not, but but getting this seminal moment of the story in a casual mention, oh yeah, they kill Wolverine, 
like is probably a little different than getting to see it on the page and being invested in the story or seeing it on the screen for the first time. But I knew going into reading Days of Future Past. Well, therefore, everybody must have known. I'm just saying it's not a it's not a big deal. People, like people know stuff. It didn't. People know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm agreeing with Paul, but until people know stuff, I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> Let me shift my allegiance. It didn't make or break the story. And reading Days of Future Past isn't going to ruin the movie for me because the movie's going to be so different. But there's a lot of time travel in the X Men, by the way, just to let everybody know in case we're not familiar with that. There are a lot of. Alternate universes. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the old X Men universe. I'm pretty excited about it too, even though I know how it ends. But, but it's not. We but we don't. You're right. We're, because it's only Days of Future Past know, in name. I mean, there's not. It's too boring for them to make the movie that they're clearly putting out there. I don't remember Professor X in a rocket ship. <laughs> last time but he's flying around in a little rocket chair here so I'm excited because it's clearly new Link was not involved in this Bishop was not involved Bishop in was not so this is just they just oh said my. this is a great name there's a main plot point here that we're going to pull out but we're also going to use all these other things so Paul telling you that only ruined the comic book that you will never read, not the movie that you're going to go see. I might have read it. It was only two issues. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have not seen this this poster that you pulled up. Fucking amazing poster. Yeah, two two things though that jump at, out at me that I don't like. Uh oh. Of course, look at I'm finding the shit that I don't like. Meanwhile, there's so much to like. Yeah. But I'm focusing on the two things I don't like. That rocket chair looks fucking ridiculous. Yeah, the rocket chair looks nuts. <laughs> it looks so shittily photoshopped, like, right over top of it. There are, there are some like, this is what I look like when I take a shit. And that's, like, they have The professor. flames of my butt are engulfing, like, DC or whatever and, that is. And I still think that, um, that Beast looks awful. He doesn't look all that good. I, that Days of Future Past uh, poster... Looks like it was done by a first-year graphic design student. See, I like it. I, I like, um, I don't like, I like the color scheme that they have going on. I like the big Wolverine mystique, the Sentinels on the one side, the um, Blackbird on the other side. I think that that looks really good. I can't find the big version. As the, the composition is good, but yeah, the rocket chair is kind of crazy. Why did they stop giving Wolverine the Wolverine do? I feel like they're toning it back every time we see him. Um, it, like if you yeah, it is a different version. It's like real spiky. Where as before, it was kind of like greaser. They had in um, the original X Men movie, they gave him the the two separate points on his head. Like they went ahead and they they did that. Yeah. Now he looks just kind of like oh, it's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Yeah, I still... I, I like the poster. I think it looks uh, pretty nice. How's it? <laughs> How's it look? The rocket chair. The rocket chair is so pretty so nutty. <laughs> I think it's also the look on Patrick Stewart's exactly. face. It is totally... The, this is a monster dump. <laughs> like, it's complete seriousness. It's like, don't... Bob, don't knock on the door. I'm taking a shit. 
<laughs> Paul, are you equally excited for the X Men movie? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm real excited for it. I was I was really excited after the first trailer was released because it it really it really brought a serious tone back to superhero movies. Aside aside from like one of the reasons I like Man of Steel is because it was had some heavy emotional weight. In the last so many Marvel movies have been you know kind of fun and happy popcorn movies, but Days of Future Past looks fucking serious. Mm-hmm. Like. Some shit's gonna go down. And, like, I, I hope that's... I hope it has the tone of those first two Brian Singer movies. I hope he's really back in the saddle this time. And, like, he really starts making things work like those first two movies. I completely agree with you. I it, Probably about 15 seconds into the trailer, I was like, oh my god, I feel like the X-Men are back. You know, we've had mediocre attempts at, you know, Wolverine, X-Men Origins, uh, the Wolverine and First Class, X-Men 3. None of them have been real heavy hitters. They've all been kind of forgettable, to be honest. I, I feel like the Wolverine was probably the best of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, but even then, like, <clears throat> lowered expectations helped exactly. that a lot. Exactly. Whereas... Uh, the, this new one, it, it makes me wish that Brian Singer had never been allowed to touch Superman and, and somebody would have said, no, you're fine where you are. Just keep making X-Men movies. And I feel like we would have one hell of a franchise at this point. You know, if he had done the last four X-Men movies instead of two and then handing it off to lesser talented creators. If you think about it, it's been almost ten years or maybe even more since X uh, X two came out. It, uh, that's a significant gap. What in was time. it? Two thousand four, three, or somewhere around there. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, Brian Singer is a good filmmaker, and and you know I know that we've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast, but I think Superman Returns is a good Superman movie, and I know it gets shit on like crazy, but I don't care. I think it's really good. Flawed, but good. And it does not deserve half of the criticisms that it gets. And is it as good as X-Men 1 and 2? No, but it it's better than any other X-Men movie, in my opinion, since... Is Colossus in the middle of the poster that you're looking at? Yes, he is. Does that seem odd to anyone else? Why, does he die in the first ten seconds of the movie? No, but Kitty Pride, like, it's not even really Kitty Pride. It's clearly Ellen Page coming out of a concert or like, something like that. Expect- <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back on this. All this, you know, all the placement of the characters here, now is- that I'm really looking at it, is kind of whack. Yeah, it kind of is. It's bizarre because... If you look at the Magneto, the young Magneto, and then you have like the smaller old version kind of right under him. Yeah. So then you have you have a big Wolverine and right under him the smaller version of the younger mm. Professor X. It, like it's not consistent. And then like you have old <laughs> you have old <laughs> shitting Professor X down below. He's, He's taking a fire atomic dump on Washington. <laughs> I'm going to just say that I like, if it was just Mystique, Wolverine, and the back the the background, well, I I'd really like it. I get Mystique and Wolverine in the prominent spots. 
Hugh Jackman and Jennifer Lawrence are, you know, the two most popular actors in this movie. But Colossus is an afterthought in the first three X-Men movies. Even in the third one, where he gets a little more face time, he's still a real tertiary character. Yeah, I mean, he's so even... what the fuck is he doing on this poster? Like, in the third, that should at least be Iceman. Yeah, in the third movie, Iceman kind of even took his role as uh, Kitty Pryde's love interest, which I thought yeah, was kind of a yeah. weird maneuver. Um, but yeah, that, that really should be Iceman right there. Uh, a m- higher profile actor as well. In the second X-Men movie, you know, X2, whenever they, they first showed Colossus turn into... That's what Professor X is doing, taking an X2. <laughs> <laughs> so... What was I saying? When Colossus... When he turned into... When he armors up, that was one of those fanboy moments where I just lost my shit in That the was theater. probably the best moment Colossus ever had in any of the... X-Men. In that guy's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I remember an X2 when I powered up that one time. Is this the same actor that portrayed him the first time? Of course time? it is. What else is that guy doing? He's flipping burgers down at Wendy's. It's a great question. I don't know. He was in more X-Men movies than we were. That's true. He was in more X-Men movies than Cyclops. I believe his name is Daniel Cudmore. Why is James Marsden not involved in this? Because the world hates him. I don't know. It's really weird that they're going to have a fully formed X-Men movie, not a spinoff, that isn't going to feature And they're recalling everybody. Everybody. And, and yet Cyclops is omitted somehow. The like, leader of the X-Men. Because he's dead. And in that universe, dead means dead. But so That's Patrick bullshit. Stewart. Was he? He got turned into he blew up. ashes. In X3. Bronson, Maybe they just, explaining to they just hit him with some ooze and... Because <laughs> <laughs> you know? dead is dead in that universe. Yeah, unless, uh, I don't know about that. People read stuff, but they yeah, know he's people, back together. People know stuff. <laughs> oh, I want a fucking shirt that says that. Hey, sure. People know people stuff. Mixed sauce comic book trailer podcast. <laughs> People know stuff. People know stuff. All right, I'm still giving this fucking thing an eight and an eight, even though I'm a little bit pissed off. Crazy eights. I'm pretty excited for it. I'm excited as well. I think I will also go crazy eights. Pretty, pretty amp for the old X Men. Paul, excitement, expectations. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to throw it on. Well, no. I'm going to go with Crazy 8s. Hell yeah, bring crazy it in for Crazy 8s. All the way around. This movie's going to be the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> I know, I can't wait to listen to this. It has. This was the biggest bomb of 2014. Because I can't wait till right after we see it, we go, let's go see Godzilla again. <laughs> <laughs> so what other trailers are out? We suck. That's well, all we talk about now. There, there are no other new trailers, but um, you two are familiar with DC's Earth One series of graphic novels. Yes. 
And uh, Ian, uh, what's a graphic read, novel? You've read all of them, seriously. Um, I the two Supermans and the one Batman. Yes, I've read all of them. I also was looking forward to they were doing a Grant Morrison Wonder Woman. Uh, Earth One that is in production. I don't know when that's coming out, but I was excited for that. It's still in some kind of creation limbo. I'm okay if that never comes out because Graham Mor- like Graham Morrison's so hit or miss. Like I, that's one I'm not really excited to look for and check out. But what was announced? Um, what was announced last week was that Jeff Lemire. Fan favorite of mine. I'm a fan favorite of his. How about that goes? Um, Jeff Lemire and Terry and Rachel Dodson are doing Teen Titans, Earth One. Oh, that's cool. I think it would just be a fan favorite in general, he is or a, a favorite, favorite of mine. Um, it takes place in a world with no other superheroes. There are no older superheroes. None of the, none of the cast, or you're not going to see Robin or Superboy. Or you know anyone that's you know supposed to be a greater hero at some point, but it's Cyborg, Terra, Jericho, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Raven, and it's a pretty classic lineup. I think probably the lineup that the New Fifty Two should have gone with instead of introducing all these bullshit characters that no one gives a fuck about because they're dumb and they have dumb names and they're made by like dumb, dumb titles, dumb titles. The Earth One books have been each one of them, the two Superman books and the Batman book, have been great. So I'm really excited about about this one, especially since you know, Jeff Lemire seems to be doing nothing but gold, in my opinion, these days. What's he? What all is he working on lately? Um, he just wrapped up Animal Man. He'll be mm-hmm. doing uh, Justice League United, Unlimited United. What is the premise there? It's essentially. <clears throat> oh, it's. It was originally going to be called Justice League Canada because it takes place in uh, Moose Factory, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Is that a real place? Moose Factory? It is. Isn't that a planet in Star Wars? In the Dagobah system? You know, I'm sorry to go back to Star Wars for just a second. No, you're not. Why did they call... I was thinking about this this weekend. Uh, I think it was in particular Episode 2, or uh, Empire Strikes Back. They would call it the Dagobah system, or the the what did, when they were looking at the nav computer on the Falcon, they're trying to figure out where to go to. And they're looking at like the different systems to go to. What is the Hoth system? But I don't know if they call it the system in any of the other five movies. What is the system? I don't know. I don't. Rem- I don't know. I don't know. All I remember is the uh, Lando system. Is that? Right. I, I remember that. Of course um, you remember that part. I have Orlando a system. Orlando's not a system. It's, it's a man. player! <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know why uh, you think that there's a bunch of other Dagobahs, little... I don't know. I don't... Dagobah, everything was a system in that movie, whereas it's a, it's a planet in the other ones. I don't... Or a forest moon. Some of that inconsistency that we've grown to love. Hmm. I mean, I'm fine with it, whatever, but I just, for whatever reason, that particular aspect kind of popped in my head over the weekend, and I was like, huh. Hmm. 
So this Earth One system of books. Yes. You think that this Teen Titans is a good, good one for them to go with? There are bigger heroes that they could have done. They could have done a Green Lantern. They could have done a Flash. Could have done Hawk World. I think it's well. Terry and Rachel Dodson don't do bad work. I mean, you're always good. It's always going to be top notch art from them. So they can do whatever book, and it's going to look great. But I feel like the young Teen Titans team under Jeff Lemire's writing is like the perfect match for him. You know the way he handled. Um, Cliff and Maxine Baker and the uh, Animal Man run the way he writes, you know, the main kids and Sweet Tooth. <clears throat> he seems to be able to write younger characters uh, really well. So, and I, I since the new 52 kicked off, the Teen Titans have fucking sucked so bad. So I think part of what's leading my excitement into this book is that we finally get what I think should have been the new 52 Teen Titans. I think the, they're the group that suffers the most from that weird five-year deadline because, in a way, you can rationalize, okay, well, the Justice League, and it took five years, and all this stuff, but all these sidekicks sprung up in that five-year span, too? That seems strange. Yeah, I don't understand why Red Hood and the Outlaws is is still a book. Like, it, I, I feel like you know that's a book that can, you, you can just scratch off the docket and lump into a Teen Titans somewhere. Put Roy Harper and Jason Todd and Starfire in a Teen Titans book. I will say this. Thank God they brought Jason Todd back because I really feel like the DC universe was just lacking without his presence. (laughs) It's like a big hole. Yeah. Big, big Todd hole. They They killed Damian Wayne and I feel like they killed the wrong Robin. They should have killed Jason Todd again. Why is he even around? I don't know. Who out there is saying, man, I love reading Jason Todd. Give me a Jason Todd book. He should have his own book. And it makes his death completely insignificant. That's so funny. I mean, really, like, we've talked about it before, but there's, there's like, three significant deaths in comic books. Uncle Ben, uh, it was Jason Todd... Um, Gwen Stacy. It was, it was Bucky, too. And Bucky. And they brought both Jason Todd and Bucky back in the same year. It felt like Mar- Marvel and DC were like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to bring this. this guy back. And DC just fucked it all up, whereas Marvel <laughs> did it so well that Bucky is now a menacing villain in a feature film this year, and Jason Todd's still Jason Todd. Yeah. And Jeff, and Jeff Lemire did uh, Justice League Dark. 1923. Yes. Great team book. Really picked up after he left, Great right? On that thing. No, it sucks now. Um, you have officially dropped it. I have officially dropped it. I'm not getting it anymore. Um, he did Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, which I didn't get, but I'd like to go back and get check, it. check some of that out. He His writing on Justice League Dark and his handling of the Frankenstein character, which I thought going in was ridiculous and not sure why they would even need it. Really good. Kind of turned me on to that character. All of his dialogue is very sharp and crisp. It's, there isn't too much of it. Like it's Every word is planned out for, for every character. And you hear every character's voice. Like Everyone is, 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 is their own individual. Unlike J.M.D. Mateus, who's writing it now, where 
everyone just has diarrhea of the mouth. Mm-hmm. And everyone talks too much. And everyone just sounds like J.M. Dematatis. Paul, let me ask you this. Why do you not get Green Arrow? You love the TV show. You love Lemire. Why are you not allowing yourself to indulge? Because I was burned so bad by the first Green Arrow when DC, when New 52 launched. Yeah. That I haven't been able to go back and, like, it's not... You don't have to go back. You can just start at Lemire's run. I know, but it's not... The the Oliver Queen in the New 52 isn't Ollie from Arrow, and it's not old Robin Hood Oliver Queen. It's some new young kid, and I just... I'm not... I'm not ready to accept them yet. You can make an attempt at reading it like that, because they had a sale the other week, and I bought that whole run. Oh, did you so read I, any of it? I started reading, I'm on the first book. The Lemire stuff. Yeah. I guess yeah, it's I, issue 17 through it, 27. Yeah, it started with 17. I, no I just, reason, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's not a good reason, because it seems to me like it's something that you would enjoy based on your criteria, based on, you know... Who cares if it's not exactly Oliver Queen? You're still going to get this this crisp writing that you love with a style character that you like. With an art style that you love from My Vampire. Yeah, Rose. like, yeah. why are you cheating yourself? Actually, it sounds stupid. Uh, I think you should be forced to, to get it and talk about it next episode. Well, buy it for me, I'll read it. Ian, his birthday is coming up. Can you get him an early present? Uh... I, what I'll do is I will uh, take pictures with my phone on each page, <laughs> and I will I will send them, I message them over to him. Mm. And then from there, he can uh, <clears throat> look at it and blow it up to however big he wants these pictures from my cell phone of my iPad. That sounds good. Okay, I'll do that. That's the best way to read comics, actually. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe at the shop if they have... Um, number 17. This, this first issue, I'll pick it up. I thought you were going to say the trade paperback, but you're just going to buy that one single issue. Mm-hmm. Just get the trade, dude. You know you're going to like it. Is it out already? <clears throat> 17. Oh. Yeah, it's got to be. The, the trades are only six issues. What number are they up to now? 27. 27. There yeah. you go. I'm sending it the first panel. Don't, you know, you're going to have to read this out of order here, though. But you, you, can, you can read it, though. It'll be good. Yeah, just reshuffle the pictures when you get them. No, I mean, yeah, it's free. Yeah, what do you want? How could I ask for anything else? So, Teen Titans, Earth One. I'm I'm really excited. Earth One, right. Earth One. Matt, did you read any of those? You read the first Superman? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I read the first Superman. I can't remember if I... I don't think I read... I read Batman... I didn't read Superman 2 because I wanted to go back and reread the first Superman, but I couldn't find my copy of it, so I never got around to reading the second one. I like the second one better with Parasite. Yeah. Oh, we're going to spoil that now. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> the villain in the first one was stupid. Didn't he fight some like Pokemon some, villain in yeah, the first one? Yeah, like some weird cat alien thing. Dumb. It was pretty strange. Was that JMS? It was JMS. That? JMS and Shane Davis. Mm. But Shane Davis is he's not doing um he's not doing the third volume of that. 
Who's doing it? Uh, Artie and CF? S-Y-A-F? Artie and Saif? CF? Okay. Um, I forget what else he's worked on, but I know I like his stuff. He's been around a little bit. Now, why does Earth One books... Why do mm. Earth One books exist? Like, what... What void do you feel that they're trying to fill by doing this, rather than putting this A-list talent on the regular monthly titles? It's an attempt to rekindle some of that all-star kind of, you know, this is an original, this is a retelling of an origin story, or this is a good jumping-on point for people. Um, Is it really a jumping on point when they're all self-contained and it's not exactly serialized? Maybe an introduction to the character in a new light. Um, I think that's what they were going for with the All-Star franchise. I feel like they're doing themselves a disservice sales figures-wise by putting them on these very finite stories that come out once a year, really, if that... um, they and also get to break away from whatever the hell's going on in the but, New 52. Uh, agreed, but why is this not being treated more like a, a, a completely separate thing, but done in singles that they can collect and keep it going, too? Like, wh- I mean, why well, the, not? The why writers, not do... The writers a- prefer to do it this way. Well, shit, then. And and it's a, it's a graphic... Let the workers, let let the inmates run the asylum. It's a graphic novel market right now. I realize that. So, and this gives you one full story? Look, I I get that, but what I'm saying is they're going to make more money if they do it as singles, then collect it, then sell the collections, and then keep it going rather than, yeah, we'll do one every two or three years. Like, how long of a gap was there in between Earth 1, Superman... Number one, and then number two. It's a year, right? At or, least. Or even longer than that. Yeah. So, I just feel like I that... then it gets too cumbersome for the casual non-comic reader that they're looking to just pick up one book and read it. Do you really feel like the casual non-comic book reader is the main audience for that? Because I feel like it's the comic book reader is going to be buying that. I don't that's what they were most comic Maybe retail... Maybe that's what they were going for. They're trying to target since it is store, you know, self-contained. Like you said, stories that you don't need to follow along with any monthly book or know anything really and, about the character. Because we're going to present it all to you right here. I get that. And let me clarify: as a fan, I like what they're doing better than if they did what I'm suggesting. I'm just suggesting something that probably makes more. You're telling DC sense. marketing how to run their ship. Yeah. I think they should listen to you. you I, do, I do a comic book podcast well, once a week. It's not I be, think I would fucking know. It's not going to be the same Trailer story. They, well, it's close enough. It's not going to be the same story if they break it out in six issues. Because each issue is going to have to be its own story. This way, they can break shit wherever they feel like it. They don't have to break everything in 20 pages. Uh, true, true. But... That that's not as limiting as you're making it seem. Like, if you buy a Walking Dead trade, it reads pretty seamlessly, even though each episode, each issue ends with like kind of a, a real cliffhanger. I still feel like those six issues collected read very smoothly as well. I've piece. never read a single issue of The Walking Dead. I've only read it in graphic novel format. I would imagine that following it month to month is extremely disappointing. 
because there's such quick reads that you just blow right through a trade, much less one, you know, 22 pages. It takes, it takes about as long to get through a trade as it would maybe like two, maybe three. A rocket chair shit, perhaps? (laughs) Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. But, um, you know, I think that, that Marvel has their model of the, uh, the ultimate line from a fan and consumer perspective has failed. I think it's a failure. I think financially it's a success, but I don't enjoy that line. I won't buy ultimate books anymore because I find that continuity just as convoluted as the regular one, and frankly, I'd rather focus on the regular one rather than try to decipher what's going on in there. I, I think it was a success when it initially launched, and even up to was a huge 10 years, up to 10 years into that line, it did exactly <laughs> what the line was put there to do. I think now... I think that's it's a slight overstatement, but... I'll, that it did what the line was put there to do? Exactly what it was put there to do. I think that's a slight overstatement. Maybe it wasn't as. I, I think that your problem, your problem is that it wasn't as drastically different from the six one six stuff. No, no, right? no, no, no. I, I we listening to hockey or are we podcasting? We're podcasting. What I feel like, well, what I know they put it there to do the the Marvel, the Ultimate Marvel Universe was have. Um, brand new self-contained titles that didn't cross over with one another um, at all. You were going to be allowed to read Spider-Man, independent of the X-Men. Was that its main goal? I've heard you say that before. I believe that's, yeah. I mean, you're the only person that I know that ever has said that, that they weren't supposed to cross-pollinate. I think the only distinction was the ultimate U doesn't cross with the 616. And they even broke that rule at some point, right? They broke all the rules. That was the big tenant that went out. And Dead is Dead, right? That was another one. Is that what they... I don't remember I thought that. so. But, like, you're making me want to go back and try to find, like, what the original, like, you know, write-ups and previews for this kind of stuff was because... I really think I remember it being this completely like self-contained title universe that was very reader friendly in that regard. You know, it was it, it didn't expect you to follow along in multiple things and it was kind of like really refreshing. You could be right. I just, I've never heard anybody but yourself say that. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I don't know, but that's why I want to try to look it up. Memory is a steel trap. I'm just going to go with what you say. Oh, thanks. Well, any serialized storytelling is going gonna, is gonna to collapse under its own weight at some point. The Earth yeah. books are great now because there's only a couple of them out there. There's only two Superman books. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I, as, a, as a reader and as a fan, I prefer that that way. And they're not... Crossing over, Batman's not crossing over with Superman. Teen Titans and, will be separate from those, right? And you know what else? I really like the um, the format, like the the physical hardcover, the really nice looking books. It makes you feel like you're getting something special. I really like that. It's like old school prestige style, isn't that what the? Well, especially these days when we're so like entrenched in the digital age, you and I, 
Ian Paul maybe in a couple of years, but no. No. But we get a lot of digital. These things don't come out digitally initially. Like These things are out on the market for a year before you see them on Comixology. And uh, that's kind of cool. I like that. Even though it's hard to read at night in bed without the lights on. They're good-looking books. They're good-looking. Nice, nice format. Um, you know, you can't go wrong with that with that Jeff Johns Batman one with the Gary Frank art. Gary Frank just hooks it the fuck up. He his um, I don't know if I told you guys, but his Shazam thing that I was raving over uh, was was on sale on Comixology for five ninety nine, like the whole thing. And even though I have the actual hardcover, I, I bought it digitally because I it. Why would I not want what I consider to be the best superhero story in the last ten freaking years? For five ninety nine, have it all collected where I wouldn't have to go through all my Justice Leagues and pull, you know, get right. them all out. That, it might be worth it. I don't know that st- that sale is still running, and I'm sure it won't be by the time this goes up. So, Ian, this is just for you. I don't think we have sold one digital comic book. On this podcast, ever. We've barely gotten one review on this podcast. Correct. I don't think we've made one fan on this podcast. We collected a few bucks, though, when we did our toy drive. Yeah, we did. We made a lot of kids happy. Uh Uh-oh. Well, we we think we did. Did you get Silver Surfer number one this week? Uh Uh-huh. You did? Uh Uh-huh. Did you read it? Uh Uh-uh. Of course not. Damn it. Did you get Ghost Rider number one? Uh Uh-huh. Did you read it? Uh Uh-uh. Fuck. Did you read anything this week? No. I was very busy this weekend. So I was also very busy this weekend. And I still managed to read seven comic books on a trade paperback. <laughs> you were not that busy then. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like busy. I, uh, I did do a lot of freelance work. So, unfortunately, that has to come first. I was... About ready to read my Silver Surfer comic. I entered in the code because I was going to read it digitally. And then, for whatever reason, I got sidetracked. And then I had to start working on freelance. And I will be doing that when we're done podcasting here tonight. I did my regular Lance work this week. Very busy. Still got around to reading a few comic books. Well, that's good. The Killer, Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Number two. Number two. How was number two? Number one. It was equal. It was equal. Oh, are you going to drop it? Might get the rest of this arc Ooh, just to follow along. Three ninety nine a pop. That's pop four that. bucks they're getting from you. It's, they're just stealing it at that point. It's not. It's not bad. It's just not the most interesting thing on earth. However, it is in this day and age. Can you afford to pay four dollars for not, not the bad. most interesting thing on earth? It's not bad. As as I as, no. as you all know, I would drop something if it was bad and it wasn't entertaining me. So it's entertaining you. The art is exceptional. It's not your classic superhero art. Can't you just look at it when you go to the comic book store and admire the art? I haven't put it and, back. And then yeah, put it back. I guess so, right? I haven't been to the comic book store in a few weeks. What? So, yeah, I haven't. Why? Because like, I have been busy. Regular Lance work, my good man. Well, I'm but, busy with that, too. But um, I don't foresee myself continuing with this book after the first arc. Why don't you just drop it now and try to sell those first couple issues? 
Well, they're maybe Dom will buy them digital, so I can't. Oh, you got them digitally. I can't. The downfall, and I don't sell comic books anyway. Really? Yeah. No. I feel like every so many decades, you have to go through your collection and weed that shit out. Otherwise, it just consumes you. Like, it actually swallows you whole. Like, the bed in Nightmare on Elm Street 1 when it ate Johnny Depp. That's like a an overly healthy comic book collection. I haven't had that problem yet. No, you'll get there. You'll get there in about ten more years. So, yeah, I read that. What did you read, Paul? Um, I read all the books that came out last week. Was it all last? the books. He Anything said, that came he out. Said he said condescendingly. Was it last week that Justice League Dark came out? I bought it. Or was that the week before? I think it was this this week. I don't remember because it was Justice just just Dark. It was just Dark. Pop up on Comicsology. Uh, so. We were walking walking back at the shop. Hand in and hand. I, and I thought, ugh, Justice League Dark comes out this week. And that was when I was like, well, wait a second. If I'm so disgusted about reading a book, why am I getting this book? Yeah, weren't you just lecturing me? Done. Garbage book. Done. Uh, Michael Jannon isn't even going to be on art anymore. And that was really what did it. You know, like, I think the last couple of issues, I was really only getting it to help support his royalties. Is he going someplace else? Because um, he's... I don't think it's been announced yet. Michael Jannon's one he's of... He's been doing a lot of covers lately. Oh, no. That's bad. That means that he'll just be doing covers from now until eternity. It's a shame, because he's really... He's one of my favorite really artists. Yeah. Draws a lot of really creepy, disturbing shit. Yeah, I'm hoping that they put him on something... Um, on something big coming up. Like Superman or something like that. I don't know. Just saying. And you didn't read anything, young Matt? Uh, no. I don't think I did. I read The Wake. Did some drawing. Yeah. 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 Drawing Disney princesses. Yeah. Naked, right? Right? No, because they're for, they're for six year olds. So, uh, I watched Frozen. Speaking of Disney princesses, mm. pretty good movie. Yeah. Liked it a lot. That's good. Mm-hmm. What would you give it a, a a nine? Give it an eight. Wow! I don't think I'm ever going to give anything a nine ever again. That was good. Eight is the new nine for Sharply. Uh, Frozen and eight. Wow, that's pretty fucking epic. It was good. It was really good. For what it was, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Oh. Pretty sure it's for girls, right? <laughs> I think that it's for all ages, all genders, all what races. It, really? All ra- mm-hmm. I, think, I think I'll give Divergent a five. I didn't go see that yet, so don't spoil it like you did X-Men from that. Wolverine dies in it. No! <laughs> How about her haircut? Sucky. <laughs> I thought, Fuck. when I saw that, Sucky. I thought, I think it's kind of hot. Ugh, disgusting. Uh, it's almost like your haircut. Disgusting. Why do you want to be a man? <laughs> so sexy. Why well, do you want to look like that? I don't know. I thought you looked pretty good. No. Look like me? Yeah. Like a man? Pretty much. pretty much. She's just as You think she looks that good? Yeah. Wow. She, lo- she looks like an attractive man. So I thank you. Like that was really nice of you to say that. Do you see what he said there, Ian? He said you're an attractive man. Yeah. 
I thought I noticed him playing footsies with my balls all night. Mm-hmm. Oh. Do we have anything else to add before we wrap up this episode? Uh, I'm going to read some shit this week, so I'll have shit to talk about. I don't believe you, but we'll uh, see. Um, I will read, read some shit. I'm going to read well. shit and then fucking spoil um, it for you. I'm probably going to burn through three, the first three lock and key trades. Great book. Um, I'm probably going to look for the first Starman trade at Shop I have that. Yeah? The James Robinson Tony Moore. That one? No, it's not Tony Moore, but... No. Tony Daniel? Tony, I have that one. I think it's Tony, uh... Tony Baloney. I don't fucking know. Let me try to dig it up before you buy it. That sounds good. That'll do it tonight, folks. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time. I totally have to burp, but it's like not. Uh, There it is.